have had a remarkable summer. I mean, just blow me away, Jesus. You just keep showing up in ways that are absolutely amazing. And one of the most powerful ways that Jesus shows up is disguised as people. You know, people you didn't expect to be Jesus to you, and then there they are. And that's the wonderful thing about our BFC uh, volunteers. So, again, just a thousand people coming their own way, their own time, their own dime. And when they got here, you know what they were? They were strangers. They're people we really didn't know. A couple of them were strange, I won't lie. Okay? <laughs> but those are the most fun ones, actually. So, so, so they were strangers. And then as, as, as they got here, we welcomed them as guests. And, and then we started working alongside them and getting to know them. And those guests became friends. And ultimately, they became brothers and sisters with Christ. You know, a thousand people from like, like 17 states and over 60 churches. And over 400, by the way, of our people in addition to that who came alongside and worked and gave up a week's vacation. And, and we are so close. We are just so close. And, and it's just a beautiful, incredible thing of this incredible community. And here we are now, back in the fall. I don't know if you know this or not. we got a lot going on. Not only are we building the building, but we're going to do church every, every week. Uh, and uh, there's a lot with that. And, and this is kind of a kickoff Sunday for us because there's a lot going on. If you've got a kid in Jacob's 12 families, good for you. I mean, you have, seriously, you have landed on your feet. I got a pile of stuff here that just is all the stuff that they put together, calendars and family prayer calendars and devotions. We now have an app for you. So you can get an app with the, the Jacob's Well family uh, parenting cues and encouragements to help you become the spiritual champion uh, in, 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 in your kid's life. They have launched down there. They're launching this weekend. It's going to be absolutely amazing. This next weekend, not this weekend, but next weekend, we're going to launch our, our groups. We're going to have group rally for, for like three weeks. We have opportunity to get in groups. So many good groups. There's recovery groups and Bible study groups. I'm actually leading a group for men on Tuesday morning called Men of Influence. A lot of you guys have asked about that, hung in involved in that. Well, you're going to find out more about that even next week, which is going to be on Tuesday morning. It's not going to start for several weeks, so you're okay. But, but, but that's just something that's going to be amazing, getting hundreds of people into community, into groups. Once again, our youth group fired off this last Wednesday night, and there were just like a couple hundred students in here, and, and there's a spiritual awakening happening among our youth group. And, and all of that is just, just the most amazing thing. But, but one of the things that blows me away is, is I think about all the things that are going on, all the things that are, are starting, whether it be Alpha or, or, or several of the other, other things, is that the people who are doing the work, the people who are doing the ministry are you. I don't know if you realize this or not, not but in order for Jacob's Well to be the amazing place that it is, it takes between 200 and 400 volunteers a week. Let me just say that again. It takes between 200 and 400 volunteers a week. That is people who will say that I will come in, I'll do my part. I I won't do too much because life is busy, but I'm going to do my part. I'm going to get involved in such a way that I'm going to be like Jesus in a place at a proper time, in a proper way for somebody who's coming along who needs to take a step towards knowing and becoming like Christ. That absolutely blows me away because my understanding is you guys got other things going on other than church. Is that true? 
You got jobs, you got work, but you're busy, busy folks. And yet, you've become part of this incredible thing called Jacob's well. Now, now, what, what we experience in that is, is this statement that I stumbled upon uh, uh, several weeks ago that's just captured my imagination and, and really just um, kind of stopped me in my tracks. And it's simply this. It's, it says that the most meaningful, profound adventures in your life are hidden in plain sight. And, and what this is, is this is a statement about meaning. And one of the things we're going to talk a lot about this in this year is, is this thing of finding meaning in life. So what is, makes life have meaning? What, what makes it matter? Well, well, very often what we're going to find is that the thing that makes life mean something, the thing that makes life sweet, brings forward just goodness and joy and happiness, even in the midst of all the struggles of life, is this thing of recognizing the God who interacts with us right in plain sight. And very often it's the people who are around us and the opportunities and the beautiful things that are going on right in front of us if we would just take time to notice and we would take time to become part of it. You see, here at Jacob's Well, we, we have the statement that is our vision statement. It says, wherever we are on a journey, we'll take steps together to know and become like Christ. This is why we do what we do. This is why we turn on the lights. This is why we build buildings and do programs and reach out to people because we believe that the very best thing you could do, the most meaningful life you could have is a life where you know in a living relationship the person of Jesus Christ and, 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 and then you would become like him. That is to say you'd think like him. You'd respond like him. You'd act like him. You'd care about the things that he cared about. And when you become like him, you become the best version of yourself. And, and when you see yourself taking steps, growing day by day, when, when you're no longer comparing yourself to everybody else, but you're comparing yourself to who you were yesterday, wanting to be a better person, to become more like Christ, well, it's amazing how much meaning sneaks up at you. Now, now, now here at Jacob's Well, uh, we got a lot going on. And this weekend, starting this weekend, and actually probably for the next four or five months, particularly when we, uh, um, you know, open up the building, we're going to have a lot of visitors. We're going to have a lot of guests. Maybe you're visiting Jacob's Well this weekend. If you are, we're glad you're here. I'm Paul, by the way. Have some coffee. We're glad you're here. And, and here's the deal. When our visitors come, maybe it's been a while since you've checked out a church. It's kind of scary to come to a church. And, and very often when you go into a church, I don't know if you've visited other churches before, but I, cause I don't think our church is like this, but other churches, you're very often made to feel like a stranger. You know, people look at you, people don't know how to talk to you, other people are kind of clumped up in their little groups. But, but one of the biggest challenges that we have to do as a church is to follow the model we see, saw in BFC in, in helping people who are strangers be treated like guests. Now, now, what this is called is it's called hospitality. It's called hospitality. And, and one of the things that we're going to see today from the scriptures is that hospitality is actually one of the central characteristics of God. It's, it's a biblical command. It's a biblical teaching. And, and if you were to study, for instance, in the Old Testament, the word stranger and how we're supposed to respond to strangers, it might blow you away. The word shows up like over a hundred times. And how are we supposed to respond to strangers is, is very clear in the scriptures. Now, now that's a difficult thing because currently we live in a culture that's telling us we're, we're supposed to not talk to, and we're supposed to be afraid of, and don't make eye contact. Yeah, that's the whole deal. Because strangers are strange, and, and there's something dangerous, and there's something scary. But let me just suggest to you that the meaning that you are looking for in life 
has to do with you learning to be hospitable to a stranger. Learning to have a welcoming heart. Learning to have a gracious heart. Learning to be the kind of person and be around the kind of people who open up their hearts to people who are strangers. Now, now in order to do this, we might just have to be honest. Now, next week we're starting a series called If I Were Honest. And we're going to be doing some hard work of looking inside so we can discover some steps that we can take because life change doesn't happen without taking steps. And honestly, steps don't happen without being honest, but that's next week's message. But one week, I just want to start by saying this, is that very often we just need to be honest and say, you know what, I want to be honest, I'm not sure that I love people because, because I'm currently afraid of people. Because we, we live in a culture that makes us think, you know, strangers are dangerous and people are dangerous. You know, one of the, the, the most tragic things that happens between teenagers and adults is that they don't talk anymore. Because a lot of adults are afraid of teenagers. We're afraid to talk to teenagers. We, we don't know what to say. And, 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 and we've heard so many things about teenagers and what's going on that we just kind of freeze up. They're, they're strangers to us. And, 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 and that's one of the things we want to try to break through. But, but what we want to understand is this thing that, that loving people and creating hospitality is central to the heart of God. And if we're striving to become like Christ then we should understand, you know, that we need to have that kind of heart too. That loving people is central to finding a life of meaning. Somebody say, well, I don't, I don't know, I just love God. You know, I just want to love God and people not so much. Let me just say this. The Bible is very clear about this. It's impossible to love God and not love people. In fact, this is what the book of John says, First John says. It says, anyone who says, I love God, but does not love his brother, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. John was pretty correct about this. And so this thing of actively asking yourself the question, have I given myself permission to put up walls? Have I given myself permission to put people in the category of stranger? And and to live out of fear, that's a dangerous thing. Now, we as a church can never, never fall into this. Um, Let's look look at this overlooked biblical command, this thing of hospitality. First of all, in 1 Peter chapter 4, we read this. We read, above all, Okay, so above all, keep on loving one another earnestly, since your love covers over a multitude of sins. Because if you love someone, you'll put up with a lot, right? That's what he's saying. And then he says, show hospitality to one another. So that is an imperative command in the Greek language. What that means is, this is not a suggestion. This is not a nicety. This is not in parentheses, talking to you, Grandma. All others don't need to worry about this. Okay, this is a command to show hospitality to one another. Look at this, without grumbling, without saying, they don't do this and they don't do that and all this kind of thing, but instead show hospitality. As each one has received a gift, look at this, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's various graces. And so what he's saying is that everybody's been given a gift and your gift is not for your private use. Your gift is meant to be used for you to serve one another and others. And, 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 and it's a stewardship. It's a trust. So your giftedness is something that was given to you to be shared with other people. <coughs> the way I've said, that, I've said this in the past is that God gives you a gift and then makes you a gift to other people. And if you're at the point in your life, say, I just don't know why life matters. It just doesn't mean anything. It's probably because you're living small. It's probably because you're using most of what you have on yourself and for yourself. Listen now. And you're letting fear keep you from being hospitable. 
being open to others, being loving to others, taking the risk to others. Somebody say, you don't understand, I've been hurt. Everybody gets hurt. It's just part of being human. It's part of life. He said, I've had some bad relationships. Get in line. Because people are as broken as you are. And in broken people, figuring out how to love each other and serve each other, that's a big part of what Christianity is all about. I really believe that the hardest command Jesus gave was love one another. Because, because you're just hard to love, and I'm hard to love. It takes courage, and it's remarkable when people do this. So look at another verse, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2. Jesus said this. He said, let brotherly love, phileo love, continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality, not just to each other, but to strangers. For thereby, many have entertained angels unaware. So here's the deal. When you recognize that you've got a stranger coming to you, what the Bible says is don't neglect showing you know, um, hospitality to them because many times people have had angels. Now, the word angel there, you know, you're going to think wings and light and messenger and all that kind of thing. What I believe is going on in that verse is that word angel is Greek word angelos, and what it literally means is messengers. And so what he's saying to you is, listen, don't neglect you know, showing hospitality. Because many times these strangers who you have given yourself permission to ignore, even though you notice them, you see them, you feel like you're supposed to talk to them, these, these strangers you're supposed to offer kindness to, they're actually, listen now, an angel, an angelos, a messenger from God. That is to say that it was not an accident that you were supposed to see them. It was not an accident that you were supposed to talk to them. It wasn't an accident that you were supposed to connect with them. That God has something to show you, something to teach you, something to to blow your mind about, a message that's going to come from this person. Now, the message may not be the person coming and saying, the Lord God sent me and told me. Actually, when I meet people like that, they freak me out, to be perfectly honest with you, all right? But the message may be about their life of brokenness and you understand a level of pain now that teaches you a message from God about compassion. Another may be that they've been going through a difficulty or a sickness and their example of courage may be a message of courage to you that you're going to need to face something. Maybe this person who's a stranger who you're going to treat as a guest is going to then become a friend and then become a brother or sister and be one of the most important people. So here's the deal. We believe in this God who we call, we call him a sovereign God. What that means is he's in control and he's got a plan. And so we just need to understand that the things that happen to us the people he brings into our life is not accidents. And when, when there's a, a, a sense, a calling, I'm supposed to connect with this person, sort of welcome this person, you might be missing an opportunity for God to speak to you in the most cool way. See, this is what I'm saying. The meaning that we're looking for in life is very often in hidden plain sight. It's simple things that become profound things. It's little things that make the big things make sense in our life. And so when we have this attitude that God, whoever you want to bring in my life today, Teach me to love them. Teach me to welcome them. God, whoever you want to move out of my life, you know, teach me to pray for them and bless them. But, but God, I just expect you to, to bring some people in my life. Help me to love them well. Help me to learn to, to, to care for them. Look what Jesus said in Matthew 25, verse 35. This is in the parable of the sheep and the goats, by the way, where Jesus said, you did all these things for me, and you didn't even know it. Jesus said, I was a stranger, and you welcomed me in. 
And so Jesus said, those ones who will enter into my kingdom, who will be welcomed in my kingdoms, who are the ones who first welcomed me in a spirit of hospitality when I was disguised as a stranger. And the stranger might look a little scary, and the stranger might have been just difficult. And so that's this thing of hospitality. When when you understand the power of hospitality, it changes everything. I'm stunned at how much it's changed in the since I was a kid. You know, um, those years, you know. Uh, I remember when I was a little kid, my mom, she would have like cake that we weren't allowed to touch because it's for company. I'd say, is someone coming by? Not that I know of, but just in case, who had a mom who did that or a grandma or something like that, right? And people would just stop by and they would come in and they'd sit and you'd go, cake, yeah, what the heck, yeah, coffee, yeah, and they'd sit and the kids would all run in and we'd all talk. Remember my Uncle Bobby, he was a police officer. He'd just park his patrol car and come in. People in the neighborhood wondered, but, but Uncle Bobby and he'd sit and he'd talk and we'd learn things and adults and kids would interact. It was just hospitality and it didn't matter, you know. You turned off the TV. We didn't have phones. They were on the wall. You were trapped by the wall. Did you realize that? Kids, you used to have to stay in one place. And you could push it all you want and nothing would happen. You had to dial it, that kind of thing. But this whole thing was this spirit of hospitality that when someone came to your door, you welcomed them. Now, we recently, my wife and I were out, got a call from one of our kids, and they said, they said, what's wrong? Someone's at the door. <laughs> okay, is it trying to break in? No, they're just knocking. Are they pounding? Do they sound angry? Do you think? No, it's, it's, it's a girl. Well, well, okay. What are you doing? I'm hiding. What do you mean you're hiding? <laughs> Answer the door. But that's the world we live in. Now, please don't get me wrong. I understand there's some scary dudes out there. I'm not talking about going down to Hennepin Avenue in the Twin Cities and, hey, making friends. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about going through life with a belief that there is a God who has a plan for me to make, listen now, meaningful connections with people as I go and show love and hospitality. And that's the spirit we want to have here at Jacob's Well. So what is, what is hospitality? What is it from a biblical perspective? I was so blown away by this in my study that I actually wanted to read some of these to you. So the Tyndale Bible Dictionary says this, the biblical concept often used called hospitality, uh, used with the term guest, stranger, or sojourner, that is say somebody on a journey like Jacob's Well, right, is useful in its limited meaning of hospitality to benevolence done to those outside one's normal circle of friends, as implied in its literal meaning in the Greek word, which means love for strangers. That's what hospitality means. Listen to the Lexham Bible Dictionary. It says this. It says it's a generous and gracious treatment of guests. And the Oxford English Dictionary says, the friendly and generous reception of guests and visitors. Now this, it was a longer one, but it's just so good. It says the act of friendship, this is Harper and Rowe, um, biblical literature. The act of friendship shown a visitor. Hospitality in the ancient Near East was totally bound in customs and practices which all were expected to observe. As in an intricately choreographed dance where any participant who does not observe his or her role must either learn it or leave the dance. If the whole is not to be jeopardized, so it was with the custom in the ancient, in ancient hospitality. One ignored the customs at one's own peril. In the ancient Near East, hospitality was the process of receiving outsiders and changing them from stranger to guest and finally from guest 
to friend. So, so what did it mean there? What he's basically saying there is hospitality was so ingrained in the culture in the time of Jesus and actually going back to Jesus, and actually it's still this way in the Middle East today, that hospitality was just the expectation. So if you had a stranger come along and they were on a journey and they just there was no place for them to stay because there wasn't inns or anything like that, and they needed a place to stay, you understood that I was to give this person hospitality. The understanding was God brought them to my door. And so here's the understanding. The, 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 the kids would come, and, and the kid, this boy knew, I'll get the horses. The daughter would get, okay, I'll take the girls over here, and we'll get cleaned up. The, the, the father knew that his role, and different people knew his role. Other people will prepare food, and, and here's where they can stay. Now, they always made sure it was safe. They always made sure that it wasn't any danger. But the understanding is that everybody had a role in this thing of hospitality. It was part of the culture. It was part of the safety. It was based on the understanding that if I'm ever on a journey, and I'm ever vulnerable, and I need to be on the outside, well then, I hope someone welcomes me in. And, and it's so ingrained in the culture, it blows you away. I was in the Middle East now, golly, almost 10 years ago, and it, it caught me off guard. How many people, and this was in a Muslim country, where, where I would go in and, 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 and people would just come up and I'd walk by their house and they would take my hand, men would take my hand and they'd pull me over into their house and they'd sit me down and they would pour this most wonderful tea. I've never had tea like it before. Uh, it was just the most wonderful thing. They had nothing and they welcomed you and they didn't speak English and I didn't speak Arabic so it was a lot of smiling and nodding but, but it was the most warm, welcoming thing. And what I found out later, I said, was I ever in any danger? He said, you were not in any danger because the people who live in this village, the concept of hospitality is that because you're simply in their village, God had brought you there. And because you were in their village, listen now, they were responsible for your safety. And if anything happened to you, it would dishonor their village. So everybody in that village was looking out for you. We're a long way away from that, aren't we? We've got our own yards, and we're putting up fences, and we're locking doors. We have lost the spirit of hospitality because we're afraid. Because we, we push away things that are different and strange, then we just want to be a different kind of church than that. You see, when we practice hospitality to folks who walk in this door, we, we do amazing things. We validate the courage it showed for them to come and check out a church. Maybe they're going through a difficult time. It's been my experience that people don't come to church when things are great. They tend to come when churches, things are hard. And hey, if you're here and things are hard, you're in the right place. But it, it says, way to go. You found the courage to drive in here, to park, to walk in this strange place. Way to go. When we practice hospitality, we remove obstacles that would keep them from God. Their prejudice about what they might believe about Christians, what they might think about churches, about all kinds of things. We we remove anxiety about being new. It's always hard being new when we practice hospitality. We assure safety and security for their children so that they can relax and they can actually hear from God. We create freedom in worship and light and environment so that they can they can maybe hear God through uh, the music. So many hear music, God through music way before they ever hear God through the sermon or anything else was said. It prepares God for open, it per- prepares people for the openness to receive God's word. It creates a safe place for people to be honest. It offers support and it creates an environment where people can take a next step. And so hospitality just needs to know what we, we need to be known for a place of hospitality. Because at the end of the day, this is what hospitality is. It's, it's greeting someone who is a stranger and helping them to become a guest and then a guest to become a friend. You know, it, it becomes this thing then when, when, when you live life with a friend, that friend becomes a brother. 
You know, um, there was a time in your life when you were a stranger, when you were an outsider, and somebody welcomed you in. That's the spirit of hospitality. So, so what I want to do is I want to actually challenge you this week to pray a dangerous prayer. And, and the dangerous prayer is very simply this. It's Jesus, just, just teach me to love people. And, and not people in the general sense, you know. And, and if I can just say it this way, not people who live a far way away from me. Because it's easy to have a heart for people on another continent. We should, and I don't want to, another sermon another day. But, but just help me to love the people who I can touch, who I can smell, who, 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 who are right in front of me. Help me to be the kind of person who, who believes that because you're a sovereign God, you put people in my life, and if I quit thinking about myself long enough, I can start thinking about them, and then the adventure begins. And then meaning is discovered. Life gets kind of fun. Maybe for you, it looks like about understanding about how we create hospitality around here. It's those hundreds of people we talk about. It's people who, you know, um, are in our prayer room. So we have volunteers, and we actually need a whole lot more volunteers because we're bringing the prayer room to another level in the new building. And that's an opportunity for people who maybe are new to come in, and, and they say, I just got to talk to somebody about what I just heard and what I just experienced, and, and I just need someone to know what I'm going through. And they'd go in the prayer room, and a hostess would greet them and, and sit them down with someone who'd hear their story, and they would pray with that person, and they'd create a safe place, and maybe the only safe place that person has in their life. It, it looks like people who maybe volunteer for what we call the tool team. That's the folks who come and they mow the grass so it, it looks good. And, and people come and say, well, they care about this place. And it's a warm and inviting place. And they make sure all the things that get broken. Because you have 500 kids over your house, some things are going to get broken. Just They get broken. And, and, and adults break things too. And youth group, all the whole thing. And, and those folks who come early and shovel snow, removing the obstacles. It looks like the connection team. It's the people at the connection desk. So if people come in and they're looking like that, they, they recognize, are you new? And they can bring them in, and some are behind the connection desk to ask questions. Some are coming out now from behind them, and they can help. You know, let me walk your kids down here. Let me show you around, and let me, let me just find you a place to seat. It looks like all the guest service people, the ushers. I love our ushers. Our ushers are passionate about finding a seat for every person so, so that people can have the best experience. So I don't know if you know this or not, but new people tend to come late. Uh, it's not because they're new people. It's because they've never been here before, and they don't know the way, and it's a new deal, and so they didn't know how it was going to take. It looks like the greeters who stand at the door and, 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 and just pray for every person who comes in as they, they come, and they say a prayer, they welcome them, they create an environment of hospitality. It's the people who will stand in the lobby and will, will show people around, and some of you do it, and you don't even have an official volunteer position here at Jacob's Well. There are a bunch of you, when you see new people, you'll say, are you new yet? Do you have anybody to sit with? No, well, why don't you come sit with us? This is my family. I want to introduce you. Introduce maybe a couple other families. That's called hospitality. It looks like the people who are in the new here area. So when a new person comes and they have all kinds of questions, what kind of church is this? Because it's not like the church I grew up in. And so I got some questions. And and they can go and they can go to the kiosk and they can help them sign up for a group or get a care appointment or many other things. You see, all these things are are part of it. It's the worship team, particularly the worship techs. Those guys just hide out in the dark back there. And I'm so very grateful for them because they create an environment here. They create a safe environment. It doesn't matter how good the singers are if you can't hear them. 
And so they're playing an instrument of sound back there that makes everything so wonderful. You could be part of that. Looks like group leaders, support group leaders. You know, the, the key to making a big church small is getting involved in service and then to get involved in a group. So we're going to have a group rally here in the next couple of weeks, and we need some group leaders. And people say, you know what, I'll open up my home in hospitality, or I'll come to the fireside room, and I'll create the hospitality for the guys or the gals or the couples who are going to come and be part of this group in the most wonderful, wonderful way. It looks like Wednesday night, you know, there, there are, are, are people who get involved in Jacob's Well students, and their whole job is just hospitality. They're walking in, and they're, they're just hanging out. If there's a new kid coming in, you know, because they got dropped off, they help them connect with other kids, and they get trained in how to do that. Those folks who stand in uh, the, the children's area who are dressed in orange, their whole deal is hospitality, helping people who have questions, who maybe, this is my first kid, and no one's watched my first kid, and I think I might leave them in the nursery. How's that work? You know, and they walk it through, and they help the kids transition. It's all about that, from registration to all the other team. It's about something new this year called our security team, and this is just something will we'll help you feel good about the fact that we are a, ho- a team of hospitality. We have trained a couple dozen folks and a bunch of our staff in just security so that we can recognize threats and we've taken steps and most of the security people you won't even see, um, but we've made this a safe place. We've gone through some ex- in-depth training with consultants and, and, and because of that, we can feel just just great about being a church that just welcomes people, and you could be part, potentially, of that security team. Now, I just listed a, a handful of, of different ways you can serve, and all of those have to do with hospitality. There are a jillion other ways to serve throughout the week in all kinds of different ways. But at the end of the day, it's all about, you know, being a place where, where someone can take steps, someone can move towards God, someone who at this moment, think about this, at this moment is far away from God, and they're hurting and they're cynical, and they've been burned by church maybe before, and they've heard all kinds of things about what Christians are, and it friendly isn't one of them. And that's a person who you could be a person for at a crucial moment. Maybe they got invited, and they got invited, and then something happened, and they rolled in here. And they drive in the parking lot, and they see people get in, and they haven't even decided if they're going to, you know what, get out of their car. But someone walked by the front of their car, and they smiled at them. They smiled at them. Said, okay. And they got out of the car and they walked in and they went up to the door and someone greeted them at the door and said, good morning. Said a little prayer for them. They didn't even know they were being prayed for. And then they walk in, they come up to a connection desk. Connection person says, that's a new person. They say, are you new? Yeah, yeah, I am new. Well, welcome. What's your name and what makes you come here? And they have just a little quick conversation. We'll give them the questions and everything like that where they can just talk to, talk to a person. And, and maybe the person says, well, I got kids. Well, can I walk you down to the kids' registration and hand them out to an orange person? An orange person then, you know, helps them. And then finally they get the kids registered and they come in and, and services already got started because they had to get the kids registered. And because service got started, and I just said, let me find you a seat. I got one just for you. And they brought them over. In fact, it's someone I know. This is Jim. Hey, this is a new person. And they introduce them. And all of a sudden they've, they've met another person. They met three people already. And all of a sudden they look around and say, I work with that person. And they look around and oh, that, that kid goes to my kid's school. Because people say that all the time. They listen, and the music, and God starts working, the spirit starts falling. Before they know it, they're crying because they're feeling something. They don't know what they're feeling. And they hear a message, and the spirit of God speaks to them. At the end of the message, they hear, you can go to the prayer room. You can just pray, and, and they don't do that, but they do come back the next week, and the next week they go to the prayer room. The people in the prayer room hear their story and pray for them, and then that person, you know, gets signed up for a care appointment or maybe a group. And then this person starts finding support. They start meeting people in the most wonderful way. And at some time, some way, one of you gets an opportunity to tell your story about how you found Christ. 
Then you tell about Jesus' story, about how God so loved the world that he gave his only son, and that person hears that story and receives Christ, and that's an eternal life. You know how long people last? Forever. Anything else you mess around with is temporary. People last forever. And then that person gets in a group, and their life starts changing. They have some struggles. They go backward, forward, but they keep progressing. They, they grow, and pretty soon, they're serving around here. And they've met more people, and it becomes a wonderful experience for them. And then they start getting in a group, and they start leading a group. And then they bring a friend, and they bring their sister or their uncle, or, and, and they're just, their whole life has changed because they met Jesus at a place called Jacob's Well. See, that's hospitality. And you see how it's a choreographed dance that everybody has their part? A greeter could say, I just say hi to people. Listen, that is a crucial, crucial role in the process. That is crucial for every person to understand that, that that person could come in and they could walk right back out. People do it all the time. You know, They'll come in, they'll freak out, and they'll go out another door. Because it's scary and it's weird and what is this? And, 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 and we're trying to create a place where people get past that. We got a wonderful person who was deeply impacted by her week of service this summer with BFC. It's another story for another time. But this is a person who's really caught this understanding of what it means to serve. Her name's Heidi, and we've got a little faith story from her. Let's go ahead and listen. All right. I'm Heidi Keneally. Um, we've been going to Jake as well for about 10 years. I really enjoy ushering because I feel like you can kind of sit at the door and you can see who's coming in. Um, and probably my favorite spot, my favorite part is um, when somebody comes in and they just look scared. And you can tell they've never been to Jacob's Well before. And um, just to really watch for that and be able to welcome them, ask them, you know, have you been here before? Find them a seat and just watch them, some of the fear of coming to a big church, go away. I believe it was I don't know if it's Easter Sunday or Mother's Day. It was a really busy um, Sunday. And there was a lady who was walking up, and she just looked absolutely terrified. And the church was filling up super, super fast. And I just said, have you ever been here before? And she says no. And she'd been talking with somebody at church, and she was recovering from a program. And so she was absolutely terrified. And um, I said, you know, I have a special seat just for you. And I just took her up, and I just said, this is my family. And I'm going to sit you by my family. And I introduced her to my family. And I, they were saving a seat for me later. And I thought, well, I don't need that seat. You know, she needs to feel safe. And so I just sat her by my family. And my husband said to me later, she was, she was really scared. And I said, yeah, that's why I sat her by you guys. And so that was, that was pretty cool, the difference that you can make just in one person's life. It makes the church small. It really does. When you jump in and you start meeting some different people, all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, Like I know this person and I didn't know you went here. And all of a sudden this, this church that keeps growing and growing becomes small and it actually becomes your church. It's not just everybody else's church, it's actually your church. I think serving is one of the big, biggest changes you can do for yourself. Um, at first when I came here, like I said, I was tired, I was exhausted. Um, and so I was kind of fearful of serving. But what's really cool is the more you serve, the more energy you have, the more you're filled up. Um, it brings so much joy when you serve. And you know, I just, Jesus is the hands and feet. And so we get to be the hands and feet right here, right here at this church. 
So if you're on the fence about serving and you've never tried it and you're thinking, is this for me? I would just jump in and give it a try, you know? And what's really neat is if you don't like it, try something different. And what I think could be super huge, especially as we journey into a different building, is if everybody could just serve once a month. You know, a lot of people doing a little makes it pretty cool. Yeah, come on people, serve it. Cut, cut. All right, so I mean, you hear it uh, right from Heidi that what we're talking about is all of us doing something together. We don't want to be the church where just a few people do everything because that hurts people, it burns people out, it doesn't make a healthy place. But if everybody will do something, it becomes awesome. So I'm going to challenge you to do something you're probably never going to hear me say again. I want you to take out your phone, I want you to turn it on. I want you to actually do that. So go ahead and grab your phone, all right? And what I want you to know is um, you can actually get information, sign up to get information. You will get a call this week from someone who would help you find your place. So what you can do is you can uh, text 900-900, that's the number, and just just write in the the place where you put the text message, guest. And then a a message will come back, and you'll click on that. It'll lead you to a little form. Actually, want you to do that right now. Right? So none of you looking at me like you're not going to do it. Go ahead and do it right now, okay? And while I'm doing that, what I want to do is I actually want to read you something and be fine. So go ahead and do that phone thing, 900-900, type in guests, it'll come, all right? Then you won't forget to do it, okay? So everybody's going to do it, all right? And so um, these are our Google reviews. I didn't even know there was such a thing. My wife found them. Where on Google, you can go and you can give it a review of something. We have a perfect five-star review, by the way. And we have got a lot of reviews. But listen to a couple of these things, what people have said about their experience of visiting Jacob's Well. It says, every touch with Jacob's Well brings happiness to myself personally, and I believe my family as well. We've received wonderful messages as well as lasting inspiration to volunteer and embrace the spirit of community that exists at Jacob's Well. People often said that Disney World is the happiest place on earth, but when you hear walking to Jacob's Well, it feels awfully close, if not better. Although my journey is just beginning, I'm so excited to finally put my spoken faith into action. That's pretty cool. That's hospitality. Second one, my family and I are absolutely, uh, and I absolutely love this church. It's welcoming. It has excellent children's program. There are no pushy or judgmental characters within the church. You can come here and praise and worship Jesus Christ with others as a church family. I highly recommend this church to anyone. We are so thankful for finding Jacob's Well, our home. Jacob's Well is an amazing church that welcomes any and all who come wherever they are. It is a place to hear the word of God full of love and acceptance. It's my favorite place in the world. I just got baptized. It was amazing. The people there are super friendly and very welcoming. Their messages are very meaningful and touching. It gives you strength and hope. I hope you will give it a chance. Even if you go once in a great while, it's still worth it. And if you enjoy it, please feel free to invite others. God bless you. I hope you will enjoy and share the experience. Experience. Next one, Jacob's Well is my home. No matter what you are going through, no matter how hard your struggle, Jacob's Well is there to guide you, to help you, to pray for you. No judging, just pure love and concern. Great place to find forever friends. The pastor truly cares about each and every one. Um, there's next one. If I could describe this church in just a few words, I would say it is a safe haven full of beautiful people and authentic hearts. I want to be more like that. Love this church family. Then this one, I have been to Jacob's Well now twice as a visitor, and the whole experience has been fantastic. Very inviting atmosphere, no pressure approach, and when you walk out the door, you authentically feel like the people you just shared, uh, the people you just shared service with really love you. I would highly recommend Jacob's Well to anyone. So, So many of you, as I look out over here, you're serving. 
Many of you have served in the past. I'd love for you to serve again. If you're not serving, you're missing out. Because at the end of the day, in eternity, this is where we see where the power of hospitality goes, why it's a command from God, why it's so central to the heart of God. Because there was a time, just like you, I was without God and I was without hope. I was a stranger. The Bible says I was an enemy of God. And God's son, Jesus Christ, in a spirit of hospitality, came to earth and provided a way for me to be welcomed into his family. It's the heart of God. And so for you to get involved in something bigger than yourself, for you to be able to see lives that are impacted in little ways, big ways, I tell you what, it creates meaning right in front of you in the most wonderful way if you just do it and then if you take the time to see it. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you so much that when I was a stranger, you welcomed me in. I also thank you that you have a plan, Father, to bring strangers into our lives and you would have us welcome them as guests and for those guests to become friends. Father, I thank you that right now in our community, there are people without God and without hope and they are, are, are frustrated, they're living for small things, they're living for money or they're addicted, they're just, they're just broken, God, but you love them and you want to bring them into a place called Jacob's Well where they can meet a person named Jesus Christ and their whole life could change. So just use us, Father. Just call us to get involved. We love you, um, and we thank you that you include us in this work. I thank you for the beautiful people who serve here. I thank you for the hundreds who have worked already on the, uh, the, the building. I, I thank you for the hundreds and hundreds who make this place work every week and every month and every year. They're your people, and they're beautiful people. And I just, I just, I just thank you for them. I pray they just feel your pleasure as they're included in your work. And, and just thank you, Father, for all that you're doing in creating a spirit of hospitality in this place. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.